This is episode five of the Rude Growth Podcast, and today we're chatting with Neil. Neil's based over in LA, and we met up a few years ago on the Nomad Circuit, and we've stayed in touch, met up in various places. So this is just a little bit of chat about how he's handling lockdown over in LA, how he's managing his business with the coronavirus and how it's affected him. And also we chat a bit about time zones and how he manages his staff, how he manages the time zone with his schedule and how it can be a benefit or a negative to you while traveling. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, I mean, how do I do it? I do, so your question is about LA. I'm the same as you, man, where I would like to be at least three hours ahead is my ideal. So my staff works on Pacific Standard Time. And my idea is that if I'm in like, let's say Mexico, in like Playa del Carmen, which is three hours ahead, East Coast time. Yeah. Three to five hours is gold for me. And the reason is because I'm not a morning person. I don't think, I don't think you're a morning person either. Maybe, mm. maybe not. Yeah. So if I'm here, I'm in LA right now and I get up, work, our office opens at eight. I usually don't get up till after that because I stay up very late. And it just feels like, like you said, I'm just in a rush the whole time getting to work. Yeah, uh, completely. you got like emails coming yeah. in, calls coming in. You're like, shit, I just need like an hour or two <laughs> just to settle and into the, the day. The part, yeah, the part that sucks is like I wake up and the first thing I do is get on my phone and go on Slack and check in so everyone knows like the boss is watching. Yeah. But I start my day with them. like, all right, let me make sure they know I'm around. And then I, I clock in first. So that part, it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what Spain was good being in even just one hour was really uh-huh. handy being in Europe. It's one hour allows you to either get have an extra hour in bed or just catch up on like just the most important emails, just respond yeah. to them so they're done. And as soon as I got back to the UK, I was like, oh my God, like just getting up at eight, nine o'clock, everyone's on at you straight away first thing in the morning. Yeah. Also, I guess if you go too far up, like Thailand sucks for me. Yeah. from Pacific Standard Time, that's 14 hours, meaning... 11 p.m. in Thailand is when my team starts their work. About 10 or 11 p.m. is when they start their work in L.A. Yeah. So for me, if I want to catch them, I have to catch them between 8 to 10 L.A. time, which is like until midnight. So, you know, you work at night and then you go straight from that to bed and you just it's just weird. You know, I really rested. Yeah. So it's a fine line. Like, I think for me, three hours to Europe's kind of pushing it because that's nine hours. Yeah, but you know, somewhere around there. Okay, so you have the same issue with Asia as I do with LA, basically, because work starts here at nine a.m. and you're about eight, nine hours behind. So midnight in LA, everyone's going to work, and I'm just going to bed. We have the same issue there. (laughs) Yeah, or you have to get up super early to catch people at the very end of their day. Yeah, yeah, the other part. Completely. I do like the piece, though, during the day of no one being in the office and you being able to just, like, crack on and you actually do get everything out of your inbox. Yeah. Because people aren't responding straight away to you. Part of it, which is good or bad, is, like, if I'm in a a time zone in Thailand, I just can't take that many meetings. Yeah. People are like, can you have a call? And over here, I'd be like, yeah, sure, marketing call. You know, maybe I'll use them in a couple of months. In Thailand, I'm like, no, I have two hours to talk every day. I'm not going to waste it on this person so yeah it limits the amount of meetings i have which is kind of nice too yeah you actually streamline stuff yeah that's yeah that is very true 
What's your ideal time? Is it like five hours ahead? I love being in Asia. Asia's really good. That's like six hours ahead for you, right? Uh, six, six hours now, seven hours in the winter. Mm. So I managed to get the majority of all my emails done and it gives me time to concentrate on my own projects. When I'm over here, I'll, I'll work on a lot more private projects than I do in the UK, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Because you're just working all day long and then by the time you get to the evening, you've used up all your energy and I can't be bothered to then start looking at side projects. Yeah. I think what I'm realizing now, especially in quarantine in the same time zone, is how much meetings like just drain me. Yeah. Right. Like I have I've creative energy during the day when I wake up and getting going through the day. If I'm in the same time zone, all the meetings have to happen during normal business hours, obviously, eight to five is when most people work. Yeah. So then I have all these meetings and by the time I'm done with meetings, I'm just like I'm drained. Yeah. Right. But if you're in a time zone, which is a few hours ahead, you crank out the best work you can in the morning. And then if you have meetings in the afternoon, that's fine. That's whatever. Yeah. I guess people who are morning people don't have this issue though. I don't know, or they just don't have that much to do. So they like... <laughs> One of the two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know what you mean with meetings. You get, I can't handle meetings longer than one hour because then my energy is blown by the hour of chatting about something. Yeah. And I'm not as motivated throughout the day. If I've had loads of meetings, I can't be bothered to then start knuckling down and do some work. And I think that's when the most annoying thing is if you're speaking to quite a, an intensive client who wants a lot of meetings and their last question is, when do you think you can have this done by? And I'm thinking if you didn't have as many phone calls, I could have had this done yesterday if you just emailed me, but you've taken up another two hours yep. of my time. So there's going to be a, a while longer. Yeah. What I did in, I use Calendly. I don't know if you use Calendly for scheduling stuff. Yeah. All my meetings start after 12 p.m. now. Right. I just don't even offer before that. Which <laughs> you kind of have to change that in different time zones, obviously. Yeah. But I'm just like, you either are taking meetings from 12 to 5 my time or you're not taking meetings. Okay. How do you find you in Calendly? Yeah, it's easier. Yeah. 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 It's a lot easier, especially if you just wait. So you don't use Calendly or any, any of those? No, type of things? I don't want to encourage meetings. Oh, dude. But I only use it to send them when I'm like, okay, we have to coordinate a meeting. All right, I'm not going to like look at my calendar and filter out times for you. I'm just going to send you this link and say, hey, it's convenient for you. Just select the time here, and I've already pre-selected what I'll do. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so you don't send that out on in the footer of every email? No, no, no. <laughs> Especially you and clients. You're going to get so many. Yeah, I would have everyone just booking in meetings for nothing. Yep. And then how do you find working in Europe? Europe, so that's nine hours ahead for me, eight to nine hours. It's generally okay, meaning 8 a.m. when my team starts is 5 p.m. in Europe. Yeah. So if I start my day, I have a chill morning, and I actually end up working a lot because I'm still more productive during the day than at nighttime. Sure. So I will work a lot during the day, and then it's like, oh, my team's starting. Okay, I'll hang on with them and do some meetings as well. Yeah. So I actually end up working from like the morning till 8 p.m. or something like that just because that's the nature of it. Sure. It's okay. It's not, it's not my favorite because I'd rather stop work at a certain time and not keep going. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, when I sleep, technically the office is still on, so people might ping me even if it's 10 p.m. because for them it's it's pretty early. Yeah. So what is your contact level like? Are you just in touch with the people working for you with the office or do you take a more hands-on approach and you're working with customers as well? So they're expecting that they can get in touch with you at that time. 
I rarely work with customers. The, the most of my contact would be with the office staff or usually it'd be like external vendors that we, we work with. Right. Sure. Um, sometimes I get looped into emails from big customers, but it's, it's rarely a call. Yeah. So yeah, mostly my internal team, but the internal team is mostly Latin America. Yeah. Uh, so they're probably two or three hours ahead of LA standard time. So yeah, if, if they're like both of us, they probably love it. Yeah, yeah, completely. Okay, so they're still working on Pacific time. Yeah, yeah, because we're, we have a local company and we have our hours, which the customers are going to want services. Yeah. So no matter where in the world you are, you work those hours. Sure. Um, besides me, <laughs> obviously, but yeah, on the team. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. That's kind of what I wanted to know, really. See how you're handling right. things and how things work for people traveling from America and working remotely. That kind of makes sense. So yeah. three to five hours, that would be the ideal, perfect solution for you. That's ideal. Obviously, if you're like a super morning person or super night person, it changes. I'm more of a night person. But honestly, I've been traveling for, what, like five years. I didn't get to Asia at all until year like four Yeah, because of the time zone. It just it kind of sucks for the U.S., anyone coming from the U.S. So I stuck around Latin America for way longer than Europe, and then I did Europe as well. Sure. And Asia... Even when I go right now is a pain, but at the beginning when I started my company, there would be no way because you have to be so hands-on. Yeah, so, yeah. It actually kind of is a big deal for Americans. Well, it just keeps you in certain plus or minus radius from your home. Yeah, completely. That's that's why I would love to spend more time in Mexico or come over to LA see my sister, but the time I just I used to have just a constant headache, like physical headache, because I never really got over the jet lag. I'd wake up naturally at like, well, not naturally, but with things on my mind at three and then 6am just to check emails to make sure I wasn't missing anything really important. I just never really shook off the jet lag at all. But it did force me in Mexico to set up a proper process for support tasks and management tasks. So it did, uh, it did push me in the right direction for me to put things in place. Well, does it matter as much... For you, because do you have to be on when your clients are on or it's just for the meetings? <laughs> I said I filtered out a lot of stuff from last year because it was just getting too much before all clients spoke to me directly and then I would speak to the team. So they really had none of our access for projects. I still have a very hands-on role with clients. Mm. So if, if they provide feedback and I don't pass that on to the team, then it's going to delay the project by day each time if i'm on american time gotcha so that's something definitely what i would need to resolve maybe my <laughs> inbox might receive anything between between 35 emails from clients on a quiet day and it could go right up to 60 emails from clients what are they asking for <laughs> it's just like it's constant it's constant it's like having a hundred kids all asking like, all asking where something is everyone yeah. like, like where is this how do i do this what happens if i could do this yeah there's a lot of questions like that yeah it's just madness yeah. so maybe yeah stream like that a bit more yeah that's cool how are you finding coronavirus with your business and are there extra protocols for the services you provide or yeah i mean like we do cleaning services so because things are shut down business is down probably like 80 90 percent from what it was before yeah but i know it's temporary it's because like no one wants people in their homes right now and everyone's scared 
I see it slowly starting to come back. Yeah. Like people are now booking and they're calling and they're not even asking about coronavirus protocols. They're just saying, hey, can I get a cleaning? Right. Which kind of shows like, okay, the mentality of people is getting back to normal, I think, a little by little. Yeah. But yeah, for us, I mean, we just have to tell everyone and make sure it's stupidly obvious. Cleaners wear masks. They wear gloves. They can leave their supplies at the door. Yeah. Uh, we recommend you not be there when they're cleaning. They have all of like the disinfectant products you need. But even with that, it's like people are still scared. Yeah. So there's a lot of people dropping off. Are those Airbnb cleans or are they just like home cleans, people cleaning their Mo- personal homes? Most of them are home cleans. Surprisingly, we still have some Airbnbs, which is crazy because no one's traveling. A lot of travel nurses staying in Airbnbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's hosts who still have cleanings, but it's very few Yeah, right now. I suspect it'll pick back up, but it's going to be kind of weird this year, man. It's like not much international travel this year is going to happen. Yeah. So it's going to be mostly domestic travel. So we'll still see bookings go up, but it'll be from people. It's going to be a different crowd is what Airbnb hosts are going to see. So our booking numbers, I think, are going to go down because we clean after guests check out. Sure. And I think with domestic travel, usually people stay a little bit longer. They'll take like a one-week road trip. Yeah. And in any other place. So anyways, we'll see what happens. Yeah, this year is going to be... I think for travel this year, it's done, isn't it, really? There's not going to be much traveling at all. It's going to be a lot of domestic traveling, lots of road trips. Yeah, people keep on the flights in the UK. I think they've, Ryanair said they're going to be back flying in June. But everything. Oh, they shut down? Well, they're just like, yeah, we're not doing it. Well, the UK, we can't really fly anywhere. Everywhere's like a hotspot, isn't it? France, Germany, Spain, they've all shut their borders. But it's really weird. The UK is still accepting uh, 15,000 people a day at the airports. But we're not allowed to go out there. You're not allowed to socialize. You're basically on lockdown. But we're still accepting all these people into the country. doesn't make any sense. It's... I don't know what the right answer is here. I'm just like, guys, figure your shit out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. I saw some crazy picture as well in the news. I don't know if you saw it with uh, Huntington Beach in California. Yeah, uh, yep, close did, by. Did you see it in the news the other day? Where it's crowded? Well, they took a picture of it and they were like, oh, uh, Californians rushed to the beach, but they... It was something about Californians going to the beach, even though you're supposed to be in lockdown. And they had a picture of the beach absolutely packed, right? And then I saw someone on Facebook actually showed the real picture from the beach. And the one in the the news was an old picture. That wasn't actually... No way! Yeah, so it was packed. But actually, the real picture was... There was people there, but they were like really far apart from each other. And it was by no means outrageous. I saw that picture on the news. I'm like, this is like... No one's even doing social distancing. It's almost like they're not scared of each other. Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even a real... It was like from ages ago. Jeez. It's outrageous, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. I think they were just trying to make a story. I don't know a single person who went out. Like, it was hot, though. It was like 35 Celsius. Yeah, like, yeah. That hot. So I could imagine why. But, yeah, now that makes a lot of sense now that you tell me that. Like, yeah. yeah exactly what's your life like there with your family just chilling do you go to the supermarket or getting food delivered what are you doing uh so yeah supermarket i mean it's like so i'm in the suburbs right now so it's funny because normally people don't you've been here right yeah yeah you've got a really nice yeah. view at least you've got a nice garden yeah it's, it's not it's spacious it's nice and um but you know the neighborhood you've seen it where there's just not many people yeah, around yeah. at all yeah completely all right everyone's outside everyone's so bored of being at home <laughs> from like 5 to 8 p.m you see like tons of people walking and then everyone's like walking away from each other yeah and has a mask on it's funny though i'm like you guys all live here like where were you, yeah. you guys the last 20 years you've seen your neighbors uh, you're like shit we've never seen yeah, them before 
and talking to the neighbors and stuff. So that's uh, cool. I feel like Groundhog Day. You know, you wake up, you work. And thank God we have remote businesses, right? Like imagine if we had like a – I mean imagine like, all these people who have office jobs. They're just learning how to work remotely. Yeah. Like they're like, hey, have you heard of Slack? Like of course I've heard of Slack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I'm seeing people post up like top five tips for how to work remotely. I'm like, you've been doing it for <laughs> a couple of weeks for God's sake. It's, yeah. more been, it's funny when I tell people I work remotely before. They're like, oh, we're looking for someone local. And now everyone's doing it. So like, see, it does yeah. work. The whole you, know, you can work remotely. In some ways, it's good because companies were so resistant to working remotely. Now it's like, oh, it's actually it, it works. Like now they let people work more and more remotely, which is kind of cool. It's almost forcing the whole wave, which you and I were already part of, but it's forcing it a little bit more. Do you think people will do that? Do you think companies will take it on board and start working remotely in the future? Yeah, you I think they'll be like, look, we can cut I, costs with our office space now. Don't bother oh, coming yeah. in. I mean, like, I I think the way the companies were run before was is old school way. People who've always done it this way, and the reality is, the internet and working remotely has changed so rapidly. Companies and the managers don't change that fast, so they were just so opposed to it. But now everyone's on Zoom. Like everyone's working from home. Even the old people are working or know how to use Zoom now. Like, <laughs> the my, old, my the is, old like, people. The old people. <laughs> My mom's on like three Zoom calls a day with her friends doing yoga classes and stuff. It's just like everyone knows how to do this kind of stuff now. So yeah, I, I think it's going to change. I can't imagine for another 10 years where, you know, what I love is the um, co-living places, right? You go places and live. Yeah, yeah. They were all waiting for the corporates to come in and say, hey, we're going to send in a bunch of our workers to go to your place and live for a while. Yeah. That's what they're banking on. I don't see that happening for another five, six years because – it's just the type of person who works at Microsoft might not be your digital nomad who's going to be in the same place. Yeah. But I think that'll happen sooner than it would have happened if this crisis didn't occur. Yeah, that's a good point because the co-living spaces kind of find it hard surviving on nomads coming to stay, right? So they work. You always see them kind of pitch into the corporate events for them to come in to send their teams and to work with each other for a while. So from that mm-hmm. from that sense, you could definitely see that happening in the future, that being sped up that process and then starting to do stuff like that. Yeah. I'm curious how the productivity levels are of the employees who just went remote. Because oh, yeah. you and I had to learn it for a while. It's not like you go remote and you're immediately productive. Yeah, completely. That's yeah. what I've heard some of my friends said it's really hard to carry on working. And it is yeah. like, it's funny seeing all the memes of like uh, – People in sweatpants, like, oh, I'm working in my sweatpants. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is what huh? sweatpants anyway. What are sweatpants? Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn, you Brit. <laughs> we don't have sweatpants. What do you call them? I joggers. Jogger. Oh, so you just mean yeah, just like uh, jogging bottoms. Yeah, <laughs> jogging <laughs> bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> jogging bottoms. I was going to ask you with what you said about the corporate events going into co-living spaces. Don't you think that might really change the co-living like ecosystem? So what you enjoy is about going in there, meeting digital nomads and stuff. If yeah. they turn their attention yeah. to corporate clients to get them booked in for a week or two at a time, do you think that would change the options available to you and like, what you enjoy about it? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like it as much because I think, at least for me, why I enjoy the co-living places is the culture and the community you have there with everyone who's very similar to you. Right when you're getting more, more and more corporate people in there, who probably are more open-minded, to be fair, because they're actually going to another country and living in a co-living place. Yeah. Regardless, it changes the dynamic. So I think it's actually going to be the very big co-living places who are going to make those deals and make a lot of money from it. 
and the more individual co-living places might still cater to the nomad crowd or, or someone else. Yeah. Just see what happens, I suppose. They all want the money, right? Especially if they're buying up a certain number of beds guaranteed cash. Yeah. Like, eh, that's a pretty good deal. They all need to make the money. Yeah. How are you faring in coronavirus? I can't complain. All things considered, like, I'm not ill. I don't know anyone who's ill. I can get food. I can go to the beach. It's sunny and hot. I can't yeah. complain. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify and uh, we'll be uploading the podcast shortly to iTunes. We've recently launched the website as well, so you can check us out at rudegrowth.com.